Welcome to episode two of Be Effective Anywhere, a podcast where we explore the concept of working wherever you are so that work fits around your chosen lifestyle rather than choosing a lifestyle to fit your work. Today we're going to talk about overcoming cabin fever, one of the psychological challenges associated with remote working. The benefits of remote working are numerous. Firstly, you get the luxury of selecting where you work, be it on a remote island, in a rural area or by the beachside. You get to leave the traditional cityscape that is associated with corporate life behind. You get to live in an environment of your choosing which can support your interests outside of work, be it travel interests, community interests, or if you're like me, simply wanting to bring up a family with a set of values that teaches them more about the world we live in and sustainability and gives them the opportunity to run and play around on acreage. Notably, the obvious key benefits are that as a professional, you spend considerably less time commuting. For me, a 60-second commute always beats sitting in traffic or on a crowded train. There's the opportunity to dramatically reduce living costs and significantly increase productivity as the interruptions from walk-ups no longer exist and the ability to remain focused is increased. But it doesn't come without its challenges. One of the greatest challenges relates to the psychological impacts of remote working. Humans by nature are social creatures and throughout our formative years and into adulthood, we're constantly exposed to social groups, be it through school, sports, university, or even at the workplace. These social encounters can be enjoyable, uncomfortable, and even frustrating. As much as you rolled your eyes at a colleague's that's what she said comment, and it was awkward constantly hearing about Kathy's cat stories every time you entered the lunchroom, when you start to work from home, you begin to miss the human interactions that come from being in the office. The what did you get up to on the weekend chats, the walks to the local coffee shop in the morning for your macchiato, or the beer after work social interactions all disappear. At home, there's nobody. Too many days of confinement lead to the feeling loosely referred to as cabin fever. It can get lonely, even depressing, and if you don't make changes to your routine to accommodate your new work life, it can take a significant toll on your health and well-being. For me, Two weeks is about my limit of remotely working with no social interaction outside my immediate family. By the time the third week rolls around, I generally feel flat and sorrowful and start to need to shift something for fear of losing my ability to focus and remain on task. I'm fortunate that I've been working remotely for the best part of five years now and I've learned how to read my emotional and mental state well enough to recognise the early warning signs that can make sure that I can take the action to prevent a negative state of mind from affecting my professional performance and overall happiness. There are several tips that come in handy for anyone embarking on a working remotely journey. Number one, get dressed. While it's easy to sit around all day in your pyjamas and take a relaxed approach to your personal appearance, don't do it. Get dressed each day like you would if you were going into the office. Sure, you might simply wear a polo shirt rather than a suit or not be as fussy with your makeup, but ensure that you do actually make an effort. Number two, vary your workspace. Work at a cafe, a co-working space, at the beach or in a park. Find a number of places near you that you enjoy and can work from occasionally that provide an atmosphere that differs from your home office. Even having ambient discussions in the background as often happens in a cafe can help your innate human need for social connection. Number three, find a sport. Find where the local park run is and walk the course or run it on a Saturday morning. Join a gym, find a tennis club or a local touch footy team that you can join. This will be particularly helpful if you've moved to a new area 
where you don't know anybody. The feeling of home is an important one and feeling part of the community can play a huge role in accepting your new location as home. Number four, check in frequently and consistently. When working remote, it is very easy to simply put your head down, accomplish a lot of work, feel positive about it, but then neglect to have the regular communications with your manager and or peers. It's easy to forget that more than likely they work in a standard office environment and are used to informal interactions with each other. However, when you're remote, you need to drive these interactions yourself or you risk being caught in a state of out of sight, out of mind. A Harvard Business Review study recently found 52% of the 1,100 remote workers surveyed felt that at some time they were left out or shunned. Number five, make technology work for you. Using technology for voice and video calls will feel and appear to be part of the team. Where possible, use video calls as being able to read and portray body language will assist in ensuring you are being engaged. Number six, find people around you that also work remotely. Post an ad on Facebook to find people that also will work remotely in an effort to start a social group. Meet once a week at a local cafe and share stories about how your weekend was, what technology you use to make working remotely effective, and just how you go about your day-to-day -day work. And number seven, delineate between work time and personal time. Remember to sign off. It can be easy to blur the lines between work time and personal or family time. If you have a young family, remember the only currency they trade in is time. Therefore, it's important to have the time in mind when there is a hard stop to your working day. For me, I schedule my start and finish times so that I can maximise the time I have to kick a soccer ball, ride a bike or throw a frisbee with my kids. Sometimes this means I start at 4am so that I can spend time with them before school or I take a break when they get home from school and resume my work after they go to bed. It's important to find what works for you while remaining true to your purpose for choosing a remote working life. If you're currently working remotely, either on a part-time or full-time basis, I'd love to hear from you about your experiences and what you've found does and doesn't work for you.